Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Pratik Chaudhary, the Fraud and Identity Manager um, for LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Uh, Pratik, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me, Tony. A pleasure. Um, we're talking about a global thing that is really, you know, we, um, I'm sitting in South Africa and we think that fraud and corruption is just our big thing, but it's actually quite global. And um, it's a it's a huge issue, especially with all the um, online stuff going on, um, and the move to digital in all the different industries, etc. And so I was actually quite um, glad to receive the uh, fraud perspectives report from LexisNexis just to see, you know, globally how does it actually look and what the trends are, etc. So thank you very much for that. A very interesting. Um, report to study and to go through. Lots of food for thought for me for material for the year to come. So I think to start off with uh, Pratik, just to give us a little bit of background on the report. How did it originate and um, who participated in creating the report? Sure, that's a great question. So how this report originated, this global state of fraud and identities report, we mustn't forget the identities piece in here as well along with the fraud. Um, mm. So this is LexisNexis Resolutions flagship report. Um, we launch this once every year, and this is actually the first time we've, we've launched it. Um, mm. So this is about 60 to 80 pages worth of um, narrative, worth of data. And how we've done it, the methodology behind it is our internal data, so our digital identity network data, the sort of 78 billion transactions that we have, um, finding out the trends that are happening on a sort of a global level, on a, a regional level, industry level, um, partnering with other research groups and doing sort of external data, questionnaires, going out to the industry and asking sort of direct questions about fraud, about risk, about experience, um, consumer experience, and finding out what the sort of right answers are within the industry at the moment. So. The methodology behind this is really our own internal, a vast internal data. Can we spot any trends within it? Um, you know, where is the industry going, the fraud and identity industry going? And of course, externally as well. Can we um, look at other sources of data and interweave that into um, what we see? Um, the I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating environment because it's got so many tentacles into every industry and um, into every aspect of how we operate um, our personal lives as well as our business and our consumer lives. So uh, one of the things that um, stood out for me when I was going through the report was there was a particular quote that I want to, to read out. Um, and if you could just maybe give me a little bit of your thought on how come those three particular points were highlighted in this in this um, quote it says today's global fraud outlook sits at the intersection of market volatility accelerated digital transformation and consumer vulnerability how do those three things tie into each other as a as an intersection yeah, again, great question. So if we look at them one by one and that, what has fraud got to do with it? So market volatility, we know the global markets are quite desperate at the moment, right? 
Um, people are sort of behaving quite desperately. People are in need of help at the moment. Um, there is market volatility. There is sort of low confidence in the market globally at the moment. Um, and that's a ripe environment for fraud within itself. People are currently um, sort of across the globe losing jobs, are uncertain of the future in this sort of in this stage at the moment. So that's that's one. Second, accelerated digitalization since the pandemic, you know, pretty much every single country that that we're in, that LexisNexis operates in, has gone digital and very quickly. Some of this is driven by new technology, some of this is driven by the pandemic, some of this is driven by actual top-down governmental approach where the governments are saying, actually, we need to accelerate digitalization as fast as we can. We need to get our underserved and underbanked population online as quickly as possible. That does is creates further challenges. You know, it's great a great opportunity for those underserved or underbanked populations to get digitalized, and it creates great competition in the market as well. But it mm. prevents opportunities for the fraudsters as well, right? Mm. If you think about it, underbanked or underserved populations quickly becoming um, digitalized, sort of rapidly. Um, less time to think about what they're doing online, right? It's sort of, okay, we need to get digital. We need to get access to this payment method or this bank. Um, so less time to think or less time to sort of historically think about where can I be scammed or where can I be defrauded? So that's, that's another point. And the third point there is consumer vulnerability. And we talk about this a lot within the report. Um, one of the weak points within the chain, the technology in fraud is great at the moment, right? Fraud detection technology is really great. And we're making sort of huge incremental steps going forward on it as well. And I'll touch, that, touch on that in a moment. But we see the constant weak point being the end consumer. Um, if we think about it, the, the biggest problem that the financial industry is facing, that the telco industry is facing is scams at the moment or what we called authorized push payment fraud, right? This is where someone calls me up and says that your bank account is, um, someone's got access to your bank account, you need to move your money out of there. Um, and they pretend, and pretend to be from that particular bank, right? They win over mm -hmm. our trusts as a victim. And I myself, as the victim, go on my banking app or, or online and move the money to someone else's account without mm -hmm. knowing that this is an actual, you know, a scammer. Now, the technology for that is quite good, right? At spotting it and, and at LNRS, we've actually done our own research, launched new products to spot that particular problem. However, the weakest link in that chain is the end consumer, mm. right? Because it's the end consumer actually pressing the button to transfer the money. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not actually the, the, the fraudster going into the account and doing it, it's the end consumer. Mm. It's the actual mm. victim. So the consumer vulnerability mixed with the market volatility and accelerated digital transformation, there's just no sort of history within um, that digitalization, right? There's no sort of nuances around what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to think about when I'm getting these calls? Um, do I need to take it a bit slowly? You know, I don't need to panic. So all of those three things, what is at the intersection of, of fraud, essentially, right? That's the mm. hotbed mm. and opportunity for fraudsters and scammers. That's mm. why I think that intersection of market volatility, accelerated digital transformation and consumer vulnerability mm. in 2022 and actually 2023 going forward as well, perfect opportunity for fraudsters currently. Mm. Mm. It's almost like we've created this perfect storm.
we've done all these good things by empowering consumers and uh, giving them all these tools to access different transactions and being able to do things for themselves, etc. But not everybody is on the same level in terms of knowing how to manage those tools and how to manage that freedom of access and uh, control that they have to, act, as you said, to push that button and transfer the money, you know, themselves, um, and therefore creating this uh, perfect storm around them. Now, this all leads to um, the the one of the big bases of the the report, and that is uh, the global trends. So, can you maybe just highlight a few of the top global trends that stand out for yourself? Sure. So. And and actually, just to just to add on that, Tony, the, the last question um, you said, you know, it truly is a global thing. Mm. People in South Africa are getting scammed. People in India, people in the UK. You look at all these markets from the vastly digitalized developed markets to the emerging markets. Everybody across the board is getting um, defrauded, is getting scammed. Right. So mm. it's not just a people new onto digitalization that this is a problem for it's even a problem for people who have been online transacting digitally banking digitally for the last 10 20 years so this is mm. truly a, a global problem not just a emerging markets problem yeah yeah so now moving on to the next question expanding on a few fraud trends that we see mm. uh, exponential opportunities for frauds as being the number one Right, we see a 37% year-on-year increase in transactions growth from January to June 2022. What this is showing is that online transactions are now the mainstay, right? And particularly on mobile. So we mm. see a 76% um, share of transactions going on mobile rather than on, uh, on your PC or laptop. And this is driven by emerging markets in particular, or the underbanked population in particular, jumping from having just sort of physical to now mobile. They've, they've skipped the, the PC or the laptop stage and they've gone straight to mobile. Um, a lot of this because handsets in these, in most of these developing countries are actually rather cheaper. I know in South Africa, it's quite expensive to get on, on, the, on the 4G networks. But in um, other sort of developing countries, emerging markets, um, data is, is rather cheap. So that's why we see a, a shift to mobile um, for transacting online, shopping mm -hmm. online. Another one is human initiated attacks growing by 32%. So the rapid increase of human initiated attacks over the past year can be mainly attributed to the dominance of targeted social engineering, the APP scams, like I, um, like I said. Mm. You see a huge rise in uh, high-velocity automated bot attacks as well, at 38% year-on-year growth. Now, why this is important and why those two stats are sort of correlated is because if you think about it, Tony, all of the scam attacks that are the biggest problems that are facing um, mm. most of the industries that we're in currently, especially the banking industry, they all start with automated bot attacks. And what I mean by that is um, high volume, highly targeted uh, sort of scripts, right? Automated scripts, mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. to test out your credentials, your username and passwords. 
um, not only for the banking industry, it's actually rarely for the banking industry, but it's more around e-commerce, gaming and gambling, around your telco accounts. The reason they do this, fraudsters do this, is they want to test as quickly as possible and have access to um, accounts with information pertaining to who you are and what you do online. So let's mm. take an example of, Tony, your telco account, right? You've got a contract with a... Um, with a network provider, with a phone provider, and you pay an X amount of money every on the 18th of every month. Now the fraudster via these credential testing hacks into your, your account, steals all, the, all that information, and then calls you up saying, Tony, we, you know, we know you pay on this, we know you pay this amount on this date with this bank um, to this network. So suddenly they've got all this information built up around you. And that's how they target you specifically. Now, mm. certain industries don't really lose out, right? Certain industries are just there for um, harvesting the information for, for these APP scans. Mm. But then down the line, it's the financial institutes or the banking industries that actually incur the loss. And what we're seeing mm. across the globe now is a shift in the liability where regulators and governments are saying, uh, to banks, if you're caught, if you're caught with these APP scams, um, you will have to pay back the individual. We're seeing seeing this across across the globe that this regulation is slowly but surely changing. So that's a sort of a, a very interesting trend that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. The other one is a truly global interconnected economy, um, and and by that I mean two things. One it's no longer that figure of a hooded fraudster sitting on their own with a sort of hood up and just on their laptop or computer, mm -hmm. right? That's, we mm. think of that, but that's an outdated version of what a fraudster looks like. Mm -hmm. Now what the fraudster looks like is this highly professional network of sort of almost business-like people, business and tech-like mm. people, mm. where they've got industries, where they've got departments, highly trained departments saying, you only do the automated bot attacks. Then the second department only talks to the people on the phone, right? And they've got these correlated um, departments, highly trained departments where they work together. Um, but this is on a global scale. It's not only UK fraudsters only attack UK companies or UK consumers or South African fraudsters only attack South African companies. This is now a global network of fraudsters. And that's why, mm. that's why it's so hard to fight on your own, right? That's why you mm. need this sort of global perspective, this network perspective when it comes to fighting fraud. Mm. Um, so that's one sort of a borderless society. The second piece of that is, now it's not only fraudsters attack financial institutes or, or, or banks. Fraudsters attack anywhere where there is value. So that could be your gaming and gambling account. That could be your e-commerce account. That could be your, um, you know, your, your sort of car sharing or taxi account. Mm. All of these things are interconnected. All of these industries are in, your crypto exchanges, right? All of these industries are correlated. And by that, I mean, like, like the example I gave you, they harvest information from all of these different accounts then to use or commit fraud in a different industry. Um, so that's, mm. those are, mm. I think, my top trends that we're seeing. Uh, Patrick, when we get now um, to financial services specific, because that's the industry that we operate in, how does this translate 
these global trends into specifically the financial industry and what uh, are the main issues that this industry should be dealing with? Sure. So that's a great question. Um, and like I mentioned before, the, the number one challenge problem issue the financial services industry is facing is how to deal with targeted scams or authorized push payment fraud. Right, that's the number one global issue that we're seeing across all of the banks that 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 are our customers and that we deal with. Um, and the reason behind that is it's very easy to spot the behavior of a anomalous fraudster compared to the behavior of a genuine customer, mm -hmm. right? Because a genuine customer, if you think about it, transact logs in, transfers, changes your details, changes passwords. Um, has a high number of interactions within the corporation, within the bank. Now, it's very easy to distinguish a fraudster and a, a genuine customer. Mm. But the reason why scams are so difficult to spot is because it's the own, it, it's the genuine customer or the victim transferring money out of their own account, right? So they log on by themselves, they check the uh, money by themselves, they click transfer by themselves, they add a pay option all by themselves. So it's quite hard to, uh, you know, fraudster doesn't get involved apart from being on the phone. And I'll touch on that a little bit later. Mm. Now, essentially, this that's the biggest problem. But how do we solve that problem is, is quite a unique challenge. And it's quite a fun one, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Mm. And that's to do with behavioral biometrics. So mm. behavioral biometrics is a piece of technology which um, for your viewers, I'm holding up, for your listeners even, I'm holding up a phone. And behavioral biometrics is how do I, what is my relationship with this phone whilst transacting online, right? What are the buttons I'm sort of pressing? What is the pressure of my finger on this phone? Um, how am I moving my finger? Is my phone at a 90 degrees angle or, uh, you know, a, a 40 degree angle when I'm transacting? What is the normal behavior pattern? Maybe when I'm in stress and someone's calling me, a fraudster's calling me and saying, you're, you need to move your money out uh, ASAP or you're going to lose it. Maybe I, I, you know, I stumble upon a few things. Maybe my, my behavior, my, the behavior of my finger in relation to the phone isn't normal. Mm -hmm. Right, the pressure point is a bit too strong, rather than how I normally do it. And if if a if a fraudster or a scammer is calling me, then the sort of movement of my phone will be towards my ear because I'm listening to what they're saying, and then back at my sort of normal transacting, right? So back mm -hmm. at sort of seventy degrees or whatever, and it'll be a sort of constant. Yep, okay, I'll move the money to this account, and then trying to press on it. So it's all those sort of behavior mm. patterns that we see, um, mm. which are true and indicative of am I being scammed or not? Or one of the indic one of the sort of features that go into our models of saying, uh, am I being scammed or not? Mm. Along with, is there a phone call active at this stage? The longer a phone call goes on for, um, the more likely it is the chance of it being scammed. So if you, if you think about it, um, one of the examples you use is you're just transferring money to your, you know, to your relative's account. 
and it's sort of okay what's the account blah blah you do it within two minutes right mm. but the longer uh, the phone call goes on for the likelihood of a scam is 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 larger mm. um, that's the sort of research that we're doing at the moment and what we're seeing at the moment so mm. that's the biggest technology push that we're seeing in driving down scams and and scams mm. or targeted uh, social engineering or authorized push payment fraud is the biggest challenge that is facing the banking industry at the moment. Mm. And do you think that, you know, based on what you've said now and based on the what you were saying about the regulatory changes um, in terms of accountability, et cetera, um, do you think the banks, the focus on financial services providers are a lot more on themselves putting measures in place rather than consumer education, et cetera? I think it's a two, that's a two-piece answer, right? And it goes hand in hand. I think the banks are doing um, what they can to prevent these APP scams, implementing behavioral biometrics, implementing products such as threat metrics, right? Uh, LNRS's mm. flagship uh, fraud detection product along the new account openings, loggings, payments, transfers, across all of their ecosystem and trying to identify what does good look like and what does bad look like. So I think banks are doing their bit, um, but it's consumer education is also as equally important as well. Um, mm -hmm. As I said before, the consumer is the weakest link in this chain. Technology is pretty advanced, it's pretty good, um, but consumer vulnerability is is the main point so mm. for example what banks in certain countries are doing is they run adverts on national tv saying this is how to detect a fraud or a scam um, you know or this is the ways that you can get scammed so just be cognizant of that fact um, they don't really talk about their products or their services mm. they talk about how not to get scammed mm. which is a really interesting insight right because um, Reputation matters to the, as you well know, reputation is one of the key factors to these institutes. Um, how can they uphold their reputation? And once they get scammed and once that gets on, on the news, it's quite bad for the reputation, obviously. So mm. they're doing, they're also doing their bit uh, to educate consumers. I think everybody can do more from governments, from banks to companies like LNRS. I think everyone has that sort of, um, almost those public service announcements to educate consumers um, because we're all in that game, right? We're all in that game to stop fraud as much as possible. Mm, mm. And I mean, uh, the, just coming back to my market and my audience, the intermediaries, financial advisors have got a big role to play there as well because they've got access to this information. They are there to advise their clients and they should incorporate some of this stuff and um, also themselves be educated on um, where the client, their clients are vulnerable, you know, in terms of their uh, finances. Yeah, I mean, a fascinating industry um, and a, a whole new um, world developing out there of uh, criminals. It's not um, physical crime only anymore. It's, um, you, get, you, you get robbed without you knowing about it, sort of. Uh, thing yeah 
Patrick, thank you so much for your time. And um, thanks once again to LexisNexis for providing that report to me. We will um, make sure that we, um, with this interview and podcast going live, that we make uh, provide access to that report on your side um, for the listeners. But thank you very much. It was um, great chatting to you. And thanks for your insights. Thank you for having us, Tony. Pleasure to talk to you.